0: Catherine Stripe is an associate professor in the Liberal Arts College at Concordia University in Montreal, Quebec. She has a PhD in comparative literature from UC Berkeley and has published articles on William S. Burroughs, Jean Rice, Marcel Proust, Philip Roth, James Joyce, Franz Kafka, the Beats' influence on Canadian literature, and Zombies. Her research interests include beat literature and culture, avant garde movements, media theory, new materialisms, subjectivity, comedy, the novel, affect theory, popular culture, and eco criticism. She's currently writing on humanism, post humanism, and transhumanism, and beat narrative, and we're here to talk about The Odyssey, a text that. Catherine has taught oh, for, many years. for many years Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Concordia, yeah. and I'm sitting in on some of her classes. Mm. Uh, so the first question is, why is the Odyssey such an important text?
1: Foundation text for all of Western literature. Every major epic that has been written after the Odyssey refers back to it. The Aeneid is reacting to the Odyssey. Uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, Odysseus Appears. Milton, Little Bits of the Odyssey. Moby Dick, The Odyssey. James Joyce's Ulysses.
0: Very much so, yeah. yeah
1: 24 hours in the life of a normal man as viewed through the perspective of Odysseus reaching home in Ithaca. So it's a
0: bit like the Bible in that sense.
1: Yeah, very much so. And for the ancient Greeks, the Odyssey, Homer's works, the Iliad and the Odyssey functioned as the Bible did for Judeo-Christian culture. You know, even though Plato didn't believe in literary fiction, he still refers to the Odyssey. It was their, you know, again, bedrock book for their culture. And because you know, why else? Because so many of the themes that we still write about are expressed in the Odyssey. It's a remarkable book, but at this point I'd have to give you a list of themes and I don't sure. want to do that. So. Okay,
0: well I'm going to pick out a theme because... Uh, that's easier. Yeah, despite the fact that the stage was set right at the very beginning, it wasn't till about book 20 out of 24 that I realized that this was a Tarantino
1: movie. <laughs> I love that. Explain.
0: It's all about revenge.
1: It is. It's all
0: about those suitors. Yeah. Throughout the whole Odyssey, he's thinking about how he's going to kill those suitors yeah. who are trying to bed his wife Penelope at home.
1: Not throughout the whole Odyssey, because he really doesn't learn about the suitors till he goes to Hades.
0: Okay, but it's on the it's on the first page that it's presented.
1: But that's the narrator giving you an. Over. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, okay. And what the I was saying. Narrator is doing a lot of work on that first page beyond revenge. I mean, I'm not arguing with you that revenge doesn't play an important mo- motive here. And if yeah. Tarantino were making a movie of it, for sure that would be what he would emphasize. But I think if it were nothing more than an epic about revenge, yeah. it wouldn't have the power that it has, because what keeps Odysseus going is not thoughts about, I'm going to kill those suitors, but he's thinking of his family. And he's thinking... I want wants- to get back to her. I want-, and, yeah. I want to get back home. I want to get back to my family. I had a student this year who came up with a wonderful way of talking about the Odyssey. And he said, one of the reasons Odysseus wants to go back is he cannot be himself when he's stuck on an island... He needs to be in Ithaca to be Odysseus. He needs yeah. his family. He needs his home. He needs his kingdom.
0: such his identity that's sort of exactly. Ripped, exactly ripped away from him.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. and identity is more than just anger and uh, I yeah. need revenge.
0: So yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, if it's a foundational uh, text, there yeah. has to be more than that. But yeah. but yeah. I'm yeah. I'm telling you, when I you know when I finished the book you know, it's the whole slaughter of 108 suitors is is ringing in my ears, you know. Of course. And and it seems to me that uh, that that's pretty central.
1: This is a book that, because I teach it once a year, every year, you need to read it more than once. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, of course, the first time you read it, what is going to make the largest impact is the slaughtering of 108 suitors. But Mm. then you go back, And you might notice other little things, like Mm in the very introduction, what struck me this time is the lines, three lines in, many were they whose cities he saw, whose minds he learned of, and then many of the pains he suffered. Mm -hmm. And the reason that struck me is because that's an aspect about Odysseus that gets picked up by Dante and others that he has also this craving for experience, this desire mm. to learn, this desire to see. Yeah. That's why, when going by the sirens, he wants to hear the sirens. Right, song. he's very curious, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other epic heroes, you don't get. You know, you get passions, you get anger, you get love, but you don't get this sort of curiosity. Mm. Um,
0: this intelligence.
1: This. Oh, that's another thing. I mean, I yeah. just finished teaching the Aeneid. And Aeneas is, you know, a wonderful, pious, dutiful, sacrifices himself for his people, but intelligence I would not put as one of his (laughs) chief characteristics. It's it's the delight in watching Odysseus work his way out of difficulties, think his way through problems which seem unsolvable. And the suitors are just, in that sense, the suitors are just another unsolvable problem. Another
0: obstacle. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: 108 I think we can do it with the help of the gods and a few good men. My, Just son, like with the my Cyclops. son, my son, yeah. my son, absolutely.
0: This was something else that struck me was Penelope, his wife, who is incredibly uh, virtuous. I mean, twenty years putting off a whole bunch of suitors who are. She
1: knows how to lie too. True the, the shroud,
0: but you know, weaving
1: and saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she, she's crafty in her way.
0: Definitely, yeah.
1: The conversations with Odysseus, where both of them, you are so strange.
0: Yeah, why does she? Why do they both say that when they finally? We're jumping ahead here because this is when they finally get to together. Yeah, but they both say that, and they don't say it just once. It's it's like it's
1: it's like foreplay in a way, kind of. romantic foreplay. And I interrupted you when you said she is so virtuous. And I guess what I wanted to say is that even though Penelope doesn't have a lot of room in the epic, one of the nice things about the Homer that wrote the Odyssey is he gives a little more attention to females than in other epics. Uh, You know, you see flashes of her that suggest a more comp- complex woman you know, that suggests why Odysseus loves her and yeah, well, wants to th- come back to her.
0: That's my, that's my question. First yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. how does she hold the interest of all yeah. these guys for 20 years? Like, it, it, There's something extraordinary about her to be able to do that. But the other point I yeah. want to make is that it seems like, and she says this often, yes. the person that she's going to choose is the one that gives her the biggest gift. Like it's not about intelligence. Yeah. It's like, okay, whoever gives me the biggest gift yeah. I'm gonna go with. That doesn't it's, sound to me like an intelligent woman.
1: No, 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 but there's a very there's a strategic reason why she does that. Odysseus is home. It's debatable whether she recognizes him or not, but she to all intents and purposes, she doesn't overtly recognize him, although some of the scenes between them you can say, What's going on here? I'll come back to those. No, Okay, your first uh, question as to she holds them off for 20 years. She's not holding them off for 20 years because the first 10 years he's away fighting.
0: And they're not hitting on her at they're that not, point?
1: No, because he's still alive for all intents and purposes. Yeah, they don't start hitting on that. her till he doesn't come home for a long time. And okay. they figure he okay. must be dead. Okay. But even so, that suggests she's older, right? And, and
0: typically men go after beautiful young women.
1: Typically, yes. So some of the appeal that she has does have to do with property because it's pretty clear yeah. that what the suitors want to do is kill Telemachus and just take over Ithaca. Yeah. The only way you can take over Ithaca, idea, you know, an easy way to take over Ithaca is to marry, marry Penelope. Yeah. Two, when you marry her, you're going to get some goods, some yeah. dowry also. But the scene I'm thinking of where she asks for gifts, Athena makes her even more beautiful than she is, and she asks for gifts, and Odysseus is very pleased and proud of her, because from his perspective, what she's doing is getting more goods from the suitors that he will be able He's to happy yeah. He's happy about that. He's happy about that, and I think that's why she's doing it. Um, it's One, it's a way of stalling, and two, she she like him, I mean what is Odysseus you were saying she's not very intelligent when she asks for gifts what is Odysseus doing as he travels? No
0: no, but I guess my point is yeah yeah if she's willing to accept as the best suitor
1: ah uh, just
0: someone who's gonna give her the most gift why isn't she looking for someone who's smart?
1: yeah, but these suitors aren't smart right so you don't I mean you know you don't none need, of them and no but but that's she's what she eventually says is, I'm willing to marry the person who can do this impossible feat of using this bow to shoot through, through the these, arches. Yeah. And she knows only one man can do this. Right. So getting the gifts is a way of, you know, before we do this, let's get as much property out. So of she,
0: she gets to keep the gifts even if they don't get married?
1: Absolutely, they're okay. dead. No, You okay. no, it's not. She gets to keep them. Odysseus, Odysseus gets does. to keep them. So okay. I don't. Again, I okay. think they're. Okay. So very, maybe
0: she's not so stupid. No, after I think all.
1: they're a very good match because Odysseus, wherever he travels, you know, even with the Cyclops, it's. I'm hoping, with the rules of hospitality, that I will get some presents out of this. Yeah. Because you know, with the Phaeacians, he really needs gifts from them. So when he arrives back in Ithaca. He's not just a man without anything, and no. So, you know, I don't see that much of a difference between what she's doing in her circumstances and what he's doing. It's all about property and getting more. Right. Um, That to me strikes me as pretty clever.
0: Kind of like the Clintons. Oh God. Let's move on to guest guest host relations.
1: Yeah. And the fact that Zeus
0: says that strangers are sacred. And yes. that's a, that's another important theme, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It was a fundamental rule for Greek society at this time that if you went to someone's house and asked them for hospitality, they would, <clears throat> they had to host you mm-hmm. before even knowing who you were, they had to feed you, they had to offer you a bath, they had to give you a place to sleep. And only after all that could you say... Who are you? And I think one of the reasons was this allowed that society, it was like Greece for the society to function. Your grandparent had hosted someone in the past, and now you were friends with them. There was a kind of tie. If you showed up at someone's place and that person could kill you, there would be no way of Creating allegiances or friendships. The other, there were some strict rules, like a beggar couldn't show up at a king's house and expect to get the kind of treatment that you know you, you yeah. would look for someone of your particular social class. Which is why when Odysseus returns to Ithaca, he goes to the swineherd, to the slave, because for all intents and purposes, he is nobody, mm-hmm. um, and it would make sense that a beggar would host. You know, that, yeah. that that's the person who would host him. Although. Ironically, um, Eumaeus is also the son of a king. Eumaeus, uh, the swineherd who hosts him, yeah. who arranges the sort of uh, help set up the meeting between Telemachus and Odysseus
0: when Odysseus comes back in, to Ithaca. in disguise. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. Yeah, um, Let, let's. I uh, just because because of the fact that these suitors yes. abuse hospitality this hospitality, so yeah. they get. Punished big time. They do. So, what again, why is this such an important theme in this in the book?
1: Because, because religiously, hospitality is sacred to Zeus, and culturally, the society could not work if mm-hmm. people abuse hospitality. Okay. Um, so, for anthropological reasons as well as for religious reasons, a, a more interesting offshoot of that would be, and people have struggled with this. It makes sense why the suitors are killed um, because they are breaking the rule, the kind of culture rules, not just with hospitality, but with, you know, trying to assassinate Telemachus and um, swearing against the gods and being offensive and not respecting the agent—they're—they're they're mm. just some people. Have they're being Arth- reckless. Isn't they're their their yeah. fathers, the people who should have taught them, all went to the Trojan War. So these are men who have been raised without fathers. Um, and fortunately, Telemachus had Penelope who raised him well. Because mm-hmm. you know, you get the sense that oh, and oh, Athena oh, too, yeah. the, the, god, yeah, the goddess. god, the goddess comes down and intervenes. Yeah. Um, uh, but these suitors are fatherless, but the slave women who are killed in a horrible way, they're hanged, uh, they're slaves, so some critics would say, but they had no choice to sleep with these men, um, and they're killed anyway. Mm. Um, that people have wrestled with more, but...
0: But this is uh, Odysseus killing this, the, the slaves. He has a son, mm. he
1: has Telemachus kill the women who slept with the suitors right at the very end Um, and and
0: i thought the reason for that was that they were being disloyal
1: they were being disloyal on one sense but on the other sense when every time you read the word servant at this time it means slave right on the Mm -hmm. other sense um how much power did they really have Mm um you know did they have a choice Uh, you know there's yeah,
0: uh, yeah yeah what uh, what kind of agency yeah that's that that, that
1: people have wondered about that i mean from the Functioning of the household, you probably don't want servants or slaves who have consorted with the enemy in this way, so you might as well get rid of them. That's one of the moments where I kind of go, ooh, you know, this is, it's unfortunate, um, but what can you do?
0: Murder is just yes. when you're putting your house in order.
1: Absolutely. And every Clint Eastwood movie to this day, <laughs> you know, you know, we're looking for a kind of cinematic. Sure. Um, you know, Someone wrongs you and you're going to go back and avenge your family. You're going to... Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, murder is just if you're setting your house in older order. That also ties into the theme of individualism, which I think is really prominent in the Odyssey too. And I was thinking of this today. Most classical epics do not end happily. Mm. you know. I don't know if you know the ending of the Aeneid, but Aeneas kills Turnus. as Shade goes down to... Uh,
0: I didn't get to re- read that because I was away, uh, but you were teaching year. it and yeah. I really wanted to, but that'll be uh, for yeah for that'll future another year, uh, another episodes. Year. Yeah.
1: Uh, or the end of Homer, uh, the Iliad. Uh, it, 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 Odysseus is one of the few epics that the father... The grandfather mm. and the son are all aiming at their enemies. Yeah, Athena comes down and they'll stops put their the armor bloodbath. on together. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Athena comes down and keeps it from going into a bloodbath. In a way, it's as close as you can get to a happy ending. He's <laughs> home. His wife is alive. His son is alive. Yeah,
0: he has to take off again though and get some work done with Poseidon. But he's, he's, yeah, he's. he's but still,
1: he's, he's still. Um, he's pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, it it yeah. C- compared to others where <laughs> it's like just blood and carnage. Yeah. Um, you mentioned
0: that Athena stops a uh, bloodbath, but I I think without her, there's no way they could have taken all those uh, killed all those suitors because cause there was only like five of them or six of them versus a hundred.
1: Not only that, but um, they families have families. Um, it would have been an endless cycle of revenge, mm. which is another reason why. There's yes. my theme again. Yes, no, but I. It, well, yes, revenge is an important theme, but something happens at the end to stop the the fighting, the killing. You know that that a new kind of justice is inaugurated, where it's not just endless, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Um, it's over. It's finished. Stop your fighting. Is that um, how,
0: how does that happen?
1: It makes me think of there's a group of plays called the Oresteia by Aeschylus and it's all about Agamemnon's son kills his mother and his stepfather for killing Agamemnon you know the story that is constantly referred to in the Odyssey so the furies come after this young man and it looks like he'll be suffering with guilt forever and then Athena at the very in the final play she transforms the Furies, the earth spirits, the blood spirits, the revenge spirits into the humanities. And it's sort of a move from uh, blood justice to court justice. Mm. And I think that the Odyssey in a funny way, the ending a little bit anticipates that, that we're you know, that there's there's a kind of justice which is transcendent to just someone in your family has been killed, mm-hmm. now you have to go and kill. I'll, you know. Yeah. I think you could read the ending in that way. It's a, bit, um, it's a bit
0: like moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament yeah, yeah, with yeah, forgiveness.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's not really forgiveness, but it's just stop your fighting yeah. enough. But yeah, it, it's, again, the sequel. One can only imagine what happens the next day.
0: The fact that revenge is delayed is a mm-hmm. technique of the epic. Yeah. You because again it it's it's mentioned on the first page, mm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you have to wait for the whole poem, yeah, for it to be fulfilled.
1: Have you have you read Moby Dick?
0: I've read it up until they he starts describing all of the cetaceans. Yeah, uh, and that's where <laughs> that's I
1: very early in the book. I the first time I taught it here, one of my students said. 600 pages and it's only in the last 45 pages that he's actually chasing the whale. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah. this is a technique that you see in Epic. Um, didn't yeah. you find it kind of a confusing book to read also because of the way in which the story is told, the sort of flash forwards, flashbacks, very sophisticated and again it makes me think of film. Uh, you know, it I... opens in the middle, he's yeah. on an island with this woman and then you In the middle of the book, you get the backstory. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Him leaving Troy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Leaving Troy, uh, you know, why he is on this island for seven years and all the places he's been before that. And then the Faikans, you know, how he goes from Calypso to the Phaeacian Islands. Mm -hmm. It's a very sophisticated kind of narration. It's not straightforward, step after step. So yeah. that too contributes to, as you say, we don't really get to the revenge till the very end. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to imagine people listening to this.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: you were asking me about, you know, you, were th- you know, how, what ways to encourage people to get through the book. And this year, a number of my students. Listen to it. They Mm. found the best readers they could Mm. and they listened to it while reading it and this seemed to help them read it for the first time Um,
0: Because it is the struggle. It's not an easy read
1: not for us. Not for us. No, it's 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 Repetitive of course. I I was about to say in class. I remember you saying it's repetitive and of course it has to be because these bards were singing over the course of six nights for many mm-hmm. hours. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were singing in poetry, so you needed phrases that would fit the meter. So, mm-hmm. you know, every time you came to Juno, it would be Oxide Juno or. Uh, um,
0: well, plus they also need sort of prompts to, yes. re- to, remi- to remind themselves yes. of what comes next.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so, this is very unlike the kind of fiction that we're used to reading. But on yes. the other hand, Hearing it as a kind of story, I, I speculate sometimes, is the very sophisticated narrat- narrative because everyone knows the story so well that they're delighting in how you get to the mm, ending, mm, mm. Uh, the sort of circuitous way in which you arrive at something that you know is coming, but you're enjoying the process as much as you enjoy the satisfaction, the catharsis of he's finally killing them. And there also is a kind of buildup and I think this comes back to the the idea that Odysseus is regaining his identity because you see it being taken away from him as he loses his men, as he loses all agency. And even with the Phaeacians, what if they hadn't given him gifts? What if the you know the, the bard hadn't remembered who he was and sung about him? Who would he be without this kind of legend behind him? How would he have appeared in Ithaca with nothing? Not very. You know, I mean, it's it's. Uh,
0: he was very concerned about showing up with, uh, with gifts. And, yeah, and, yeah,
1: and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because gold uh, and whatever. You
0: yeah.
1: you judge someone based on what they own. It hasn't again. It hasn't very changed. Much, it's, yeah, it's the foundation text for the West in some ways.
0: Let's let's look at Calypso. He was he was with her for seven years.
1: Right, and we should look at Circe also. Okay. Who, who, uh,
0: but let's start with Calypso and uh, this, this double standard, basically. Yeah. Because, first of all, he's having a great time with her for seven years. Yeah. This isn't just like a little fling. It's no, a, no. This is a long-term thing. Right. And yet, he, he still kind of yearns to get back to his wife. Right. Uh, he turns down immortality, but he's being unfaithful. Right. And uh, she is is not despite really having to fight off all sorts of guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the question is what kind of what kind of character is he? Is he, you know, based on their times?
1: Yeah.
0: Sure. I mean, he's you yeah. know, he's a he's a decent guy, but on our time on our in our times.
1: Okay, I'm going to reframe a little bit your portrayal of the situation and that okay. she's a goddess. Calypso is a goddess, so yes, uh, the book suggests when he first arrives with her, they have a great time together, but it doesn't say how long that lasts. And it's pretty, I mean, it could have, like within a month, he could have wanted to get away within six years. We don't know. We know by the time when the book opens, he's sitting, he's weeping, he's looking at Ithaca. It doesn't sound like he's having a great time. So the question is... The way you're saying it, well, couldn't he have gotten away from her earlier? Couldn't he have done something? Mm. She is a goddess. He's lost all his men. He has no agency. All yes,
0: his, yes, but in fact... I He could
1: kill himself, but that's not Odysseus. No.
0: But it's interesting, because I was reading specifically for that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: on page... Now, we, we I should mention it. it. Yeah, we should... Uh, Find it's page. the Richard... Uh, Richmond Lattimore, Lattimore translation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Published by
0: Harper Perennial. Yeah. And on page 118, book 7, it's not him who decides that he wants to go. She tells him to go. So Okay,
1: so again, she is in love with him.
0: Right. Right? Yeah.
1: When she first tells him, you can go now, his response is, I don't believe you. um, Because he's so suspicious of her. Yeah, and that's guess, interesting, too. Yeah, There's yeah. lots
0: of suspicion in this book, yeah, right? I, uh, Everyone. He's,
1: he's t- you know, Penelope is testing yeah. him. He's testing... Uh, um, but, I again, I, I would frame it a little differently. I would say that he lands on that island and he has nothing except maybe his sexuality. And that's the only thing which keeps him alive because she falls in love with him for that. But he can't go to her and say, I'm leaving now. Yes, yeah. you know, she's a woman in love with him. And, and she's a goddess. She, and she's a goddess. There's, in terms of the double standard, it's really interesting because when Hermes goes down to her and says, okay, it's time, you've got to let him go. He's fated to return to Ithaca. Um, Athena has been asking Zeus, let him go. She complains and says, you gods have a double standard. Same thing that Penelope suffers from. You can have all the affairs you want with female mortals, but when a goddess gets involved with a male marvel, you don't like it and you take it away from us or you make something go wrong. So people have said, hey, again, um, it's a patriarchal society, but mm. at least you have Homer giving voice to these women and the unfairness. Um, and their complaint. Their complaint, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's, an, that's kind of an interesting speech. And you also watch the way in which Odysseus talks to her um, when she says, "Okay, you can leave." It's not just great. I'm out of here. It's you know, first it's suspicion because he's been absolutely beaten it. down yeah. for seven years. You mm-hmm. know, and, and we don't know has he you know asked in the past or has he thought to himself, you know, I can't live if she gets angry at me because she's the only thing that's keeping me alive. My only chance of getting away is to be her. Consort here. Mm. Um, so after she, he's convinced that she's telling the truth, um, and she starts asking, saying, "Look, stay with me. I love you.
0: Mm. I'll make so- you immortal. Yeah. I'll make
1: you immortal. I'll make you a god. What's so great about Ithaca? What's so great about Penelope?" Mm. And he's very careful when he responds to her. He doesn't mm. come out and say, "Because I love Penelope <laughs> yeah. much more than you." He 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 he. he he's says, wily. He's strategic, which is, I think, what he had to be all through those seven years. Um, you never, for, you see Odysseus lose his head a few times, like with the <coughs> Cyclops, Cyclops. Yeah. and he would have lost his head with the sirens if they had untied him, but on the whole, he tends to, he's suspicious. So anyway, he, he strategically, he says, look, Calypso, Penelope can't compare with you. You're a goddess, mm. but... I love my home, I need my home, uh, and I want to go home, and uh, this soothes her vanity. She knows she has to let him go anyway because Mm. of uh, Zeus, but she's not angry with him.
0: It's very clever on his part.
1: Very clever on his part, and you see this over and over again when he approaches people, except Mm -hmm. for the Cyclops. You know, Where
0: bravado gets in the way a bit.
1: Or ego, or vaunting, or because this is also a culture of bragging, of wanting to be yeah. known for your feats, of wanting to be acknowledged. I mean, the only chance any of these heroes had for immortality was through storytelling afterwards. You know, if people were Keeping not Keeping them alive through the stories. Exactly. Yeah. If people yeah. weren't singing about them... Mm-hmm. They go to Hades and they're forgotten. Um, yeah. uh, so. Incidentally,
0: let's just paint in that that Cyclops picture. He's basically sucked. He's one up the Cyclops, and he's yes. escaped after being caught in his cave. Yes, and some of his men have been eaten in, in front of him. In front of him, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, but then he escapes, and yeah. then instead of just escaping, yeah. He's, he kind of goes, nee, ne, 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 yes, exactly. and, my, and my name is Odys- Odysseus, Odysseus, too. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and so that, that gets reported back to Poseidon, who is...
1: Who's the father of the Cyclops. Yeah,
0: and he doesn't like Odysseus anyway.
1: No, no.
0: So no. this is perhaps a, an example of Odysseus. At, at that stage, he's, he's letting that go loose. yes. But he matures uh, over time so, to a point where he, he probably wouldn't do something like that later on. He has on more in
1: self-control. Yeah. In fact, when he reaches the suitors and he's disguised as a beggar and the suitors are being incredibly rude to him and throwing stools at him and kicking him mm-hmm. and uh, he's thinking to himself, I could just rip them in two or there's one wonderful scene where he hears the uh, serving women going to the suitors at night and he is furious and he thinks to himself, I feel my fury, my heart, but remember what happened with the Cyclops. (laughs) Uh, um, So, yeah, it's it's possible to read him as as a kind, you know, there's a character arc where um, if he hadn't gone through that experience with the Cyclops, he may not have been so successful in Ithaca but he's learned that he has to control his temper in order to get what he wants, that if he's yeah. uh, too passionate, too impetuous, and also there's so much more at stake here because what will happen if he gives way to the suitors, Penelope, Telemachus, everyone's life is in his hands. You know, that's why he has to be so careful with his wife and not give way to his feelings. That's why when he sees the dog, he can't reach out and pet the dog. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's all these moments showing what a trial it is for him. Again, so much more than just revenge, I think. You know, that, that uh, he does get the satisfaction of revenge, but there, it, it, it's more than just a revenge.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing that hangs over him, too, is uh, all this time, is the threat that Penelope might actually give in to the suitors. Yeah. And so he's pretty concerned about that. Very much so. Well, I guess if she takes off and gets married to one of them, that's one thing, but if she just has sex with one of them, uh, he looks at her as being tainted goods, is that? No, I no. Don't,
1: I, I think it's more um, remember when he goes to Hades and meets with Tiresias mm-hmm. and he discovers what has happened to Agamemnon? And the Agamemnon story, Agamemnon being killed by his wife and his his, uh, wife's consort, comes up again and again and again in the Odyssey, both as a kind of example to Telemachus, be like Agamemnon's son, and as a warning to Odysseus, watch out for what Penelope might do. Yeah. Um, So
0: women as betrayers.
1: As betrayers. um, I think the fear is... He would return to Ithaca, and again, his identity is lost because if she's with another man, mm. how easy would it be to kill Odysseus, which, you know, coming back. And he loves her.
0: Yeah. He loves yeah. her.
1: Um, well, and
0: that, you know, when you're in passionate love with someone, yes. you're, that, that is a your antennae are up and you are scared that they're going to leave you for someone else
1: absolutely like jealousy is uh, and maybe the fact that he hasn't been that faithful might make him a little (laughs) more uh, (laughs) sensitive to the possibility that you know it could happen with her too right you know no matter what kind of justification you give for his consorting with those two goddesses in the back of his mind he must be thinking we're all human yeah
0: yeah Um, okay
1: 20 years is a long time
0: yeah, or ten, as you say. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's
1: been away from her for twenty years. Um,
0: uh, yes, yes, but they've only been hitting on her for, as you've said yeah, earlier, yeah, for yeah. for less than that. Yeah, but still, yeah. but still, it's a long time yeah. that she's putting up with this.
1: Yeah.
0: This is something that uh, that bugged me throughout the whole. Th- not bugged me. I just I couldn't understand it, uh, and that was this reference to the fact it wasn't just food being eaten away by the suitors. Yes. It's f- most frequently beef. referred to as possessions will wretchedly be eaten away. Yes. They eat up the house. Uh, they eat property. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't, they don't say just eat food. Yeah. So what's yeah. that all about?
1: There's a number of references to them eating um, beef sort of on a nightly basis, the animals that they're slaughtering would have only been eaten at the time of feast days. So this, you know, the, these these herds of cattle represent wealth or property, and they're just going through it, and they're drinking the wine, and they're. Um,
0: but eating consuming
1: resources.
0: Yeah, but yeah, as I say, it just yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. something about eating a, that yeah, is uh, really a, significant.
1: Yeah. They're consuming resources in a flagrant and sacrilegious way. They're behaving with extremes as opposed to moderation, which um, Which is reckless, which is reckless. And I think it also um, it's the antithesis of how you're supposed to behave as a guest. So it goes against this sort of fundamental idea that holds society together at this time. If your guest shows up and refuses to leave, Eats your property, doesn't give reciprocal gifts in return, that threatens the whole sort of foundation of what makes this society work. Yeah, and it would so fall apart. Which it is, would fall apart. It would right, fall apart. Right. Which is right.
0: what—that's right. the worst chaos that. Yeah, you, can, I mean, it
1: would, you would have you know sort of anarchy.
0: There's a line in the in the book that says nobody really knows his father. I thought that oh, was quite that's striking. A line, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. yeah, because they're of course they're sure. apart for 20 years. And he, he, it's his whole life, basically, Telemachus' uh, whole life. And then they, when they do get together and, and, and recognize uh, Telemachus is, is told that, that I'm your father, they mourn the loss of all of this mm-hmm. time.
1: When Telemachus says that uh, to Athena in disguise, um, <clears throat> it sort of <clears throat> suggests the state that this young man is in, <clears throat> in that... He's been told Odysseus is his father. He's been told he looks like Odysseus. Uh, That's almost a kind of slur against his mother, too, when he makes that comment. Because if Odysseus is not his father, that means Penelope has slept with someone else. I think that comment is there to show just how demoralized Telemachus is and how much in need of help, outside help, he is in order to be ready for Odysseus when... Odysseus
0: returns. That's right, because he's accused of being childlike he's before, being childlike, and, yeah, and not being yeah, able to make yeah. a decision, and yeah. not being courageous or strong in right. the face of the suitors. He's, Athena helps him through this, and but still, it makes sense that his has sort of abandoned him. No wonder he's so. Fragile,
1: and he's surround. Look at the men that he's surrounded by. The suitors' bad behavior. That's one of the reasons why Athena does come back and suggests that she, he visits Menelaus and other Greek men who knew Odysseus back at Troy sort of like a junior year abroad or something to... uh,
0: So that he could learn something about his father?
1: Learn something about his father and learn something about himself because the first thing all these people say when they meet him is, oh, you look just like Odysseus. And he sort of confirm his... That, yes, you are the son. And they tell him stories about, you know, what Odysseus was like as a young man Mm. or other young men, what they're doing, um, to sort of get him out of his depression and help him... uh, prepare him for what he's going to need to be able to do when Odysseus returns.
0: That, that was an, another interesting thing. It's like he's yearning for his dad to come back so yes. that they can kill the suitors. Right. It's like he can't do it unless his dad's with him.
1: No. And his first sort of fantasy, if only my father were alive... When we first meet him, he speaks of his father as if he were dead. He won't mm-hmm. even let himself entertain the thought of he's still alive, he's coming... But he fantasizes if my father were alive, he would kill all the suitors. And it's not if my father were alive, we would kill all the suitors. Mm. It's like he still wants daddy to come to home do it. and fix things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: But when he does come back, yeah. the two of them do work together. They do. And Telemachus, yeah, everyone's marvels at how he's changed, and he's actually yes. yeah. he's got a whole bunch of confidence now that his yeah. dad's with back with him.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. changed him. And even before, uh, after Athena speaks to him, he speaks to his mother in a different way. He tells the suitors, you know, he, he, he speaks to them in a way that surprises them because they're used to him being passive and youthful. And this um, is
0: because Athena said something to him?
1: I think so, yeah. I think it's She a, just know, sort
0: of said buck up and... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that, that's why the delay at the beginning, where we don't immediately go to Odysseus going to Phaeica, but we spend three books with Telemachus. It's as if the book begins at a point in time in Ithaca where things are so urgent that Odysseus needs to get home now, building up the suspense for people.
0: This is a translation thing, but it yeah. bugged me. The wine blue sea. That's yes. what uh, that's what Lattimore calls it. I'm used to the wine dark, the wine dark sea. Wine blue sea uh, can, just doesn't work for me. Blue just, wine doesn't work for me. Yeah,
1: see if you can find it.
0: Oh, it's all over. It's all over I know, the place. No,
1: but I just, it's... it's I. You it, want to see it? I'd love to see it. I'm just curious.
0: Sure. Why? You don't believe me? No,
1: I do believe <laughs> you, absolutely. But sometimes looking at the context, that can help me. Um, sure, sure. You know, I, I, my speculation is, I read a book on the history of the color blue. Uh, mm. that there's a kind of blue-violet, which is very deep, very dark, mm. um, almost like a purple-blue. And that may be what they're referring to. But, okay, good.
0: Here's one of them right there.
1: Wine blue open water.
0: But again, it's every, it's every time he refers to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sensitive to that, so thank you for pointing that out to me. He too had gone out in the wine blue open water in his hollow ships. He too had gone out in the wine dark open water. That's so interesting because he's bringing the idea of wine and he's bringing the idea of blueness, blue makes sense, wine makes sense, what happens when you join them. I don't, that, that, it's, it's fascinating. And at that point, I'd have run to my computer and type in wine blue and see if anybody has written about this. But um, sure.
0: okay. But it's interesting because that particular uh, phrase there yeah. brings in another thing that's, that uh, stuck with me, and that yeah. was every time that you refer to a ship, It's a hollow ship. So what's the thing about hollow? Like hollow is all over this book.
1: You know, to to really, here's where you would need your classicist because you'd have to see what the original was. You'd have to see what the, um, you'd have to know the original Greek to know why Latimer made that particular translation decision. And you'd also want to look at other translations. But as I
0: say, the translation, okay, but the fact is, yeah.
1: Hollow yeah, yeah. is
0: really significant because it's all over the book. I
1: know exactly. Yeah. you know, and that, that that But it's hollow ships, or is it used as an ad- adjective hollow... for anything besides ships.
0: Uh, there's a few other references, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, primarily yeah. ships. Yeah. Anyway, okay. No, Let's... these
1: these are these are great questions, though, which is why um, you know, as I said, I'm gonna I'll, I'll look and see if I can find out. You, it's interesting because you were paying a lot of attention to what gets repeated. Because uh, I remember in class at one point, you also brought up an adjective that was often used to describe Odysseus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget the adjective, but yeah, I remember yeah. you bringing it up. Right. Far-thinking Odysseus, or so- something to do with his ability to think.
0: There's so many uh, little monikers attached to yeah. his name, like God-like, but yeah.
1: Thanks to you, though... When we started reading the Aeneid, I pointed out, has anyone noticed what the adjectives are for Ulysses in this book? Criminal, evil, sly. I mean, it's it's hilarious mm-hmm. how Virgil completely takes <laughs> all the good qualities that Homer saw in Odysseus and turns them into negative qualities.
0: Well, that is an interesting debate about the Odyssey. Is, yeah. is Odysseus a good guy or is he a jerk? That I mean, that does come up.
1: Yeah. Or it can, you know, depending on who's doing the reading. Yeah, exactly, yeah. From the Roman point of view, Odysseus is a threat to their values because they believed in community and consensus and team building. And here's somebody who returns without any of his men, who lies regularly. Yeah. In fact, one of the reasons why the Trojan horse is so successful and the Trojans lose is because of Odysseus. Odysseus's cleverness in coming up with this plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you mentioned individualism being really important. Maybe you yeah, can expand on yeah, that a yeah. bit. Yeah.
1: Because when you read, say, the Aeneid, Aeneas lives his life in terms of something greater than him. You know, it's his destiny his to found is... Rome. He may fall in love with Dido, but he has to leave her because he has to go found Rome. Duty. Or he may want to kill Helen, but he can't kill her because he's got, you know, his mother says, look, there are other things for you to do right now. You need to save your father. You need to save your son because you have to go and found Rome. So over and over again, he cannot give way to his passions. He cannot give way to his ideas. <laughs> Whereas Odysseus, those other men they don't really ma- you, know, it's, 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 you know you mentioned the Clintons and I thought well that's you know there's at least one way in which I think Bill Clinton uh, I mean Odysseus is not important because of the civilization of Ithaca or the community of Ithaca Odysseus you know beyond his family it's, it's him it's all about him mm. his desires his his identity he isn't subservient to something greater than him Which you see in other later epics. Mm. Uh, And in fact. To what's
0: he subservient to his own happiness?
1: Well, for example, when Dante talks about Odysseus in the Inferno, he makes up a story where Odysseus is not, he returns to Ithaca and he's not satisfied. He has to keep journeying, he has to keep voyaging traveling and he reaches sort of the ends of the earth and he wants his crewmen to continue and he says crewmen we are not animals we need to find out more don't be satisfied with just being submissive and so they go yay and they continue and they fall off the end of the earth and all go right up in hell right um, so Dante viewed that as suspicious as sort of craving for knowledge, craving for more and getting your men to follow you because you want more i mean what's mm. in it for them nothing but this is odysseus needs them in order to travel so um
0: they're using them
1: they are using them yeah mm-hmm. and uh whereas an aeneas they are using him it's the opposite the community uses him the romans need him but over and over you'll have scenes where um venus who's fighting for rome will say well If Aeneas must die, let my grandson, Julius, live. I mean, he's just like a chain in a larger necklace, whereas Odysseus is the necklace. Mm. He's Ulysses. You know, when I teach it, classes will vary enormously. You know, many of my classes prefer the kind of Roman, live for your country, don't be a liar, don't be a cheat, don't live for yourself. And others, uh, you know, will very much be in favor of this sort of individualistic, swaggering, larger than life. You know, In a way, he's almost a model for the con man who we're so fond of in American literature, don't you think? The person who just tells stories for the fun of it sometimes because Odysseus doesn't just lie, but he's like an incredible fabricator where he'll just spin these yarns and you're captivated by it. And that's the other thing that that, um, Homer does with Odysseus that you don't see in subsequent epics is he sets up a kind of link between Odysseus and the bards, the artists who are singing these songs. You know, at the very end where he draws his bow and compares the bow to the lyre, that it's almost as if Homer in his way is is saying that Odysseus in his own way as an artist is like the artist with his tale telling. He lives his life as if it were a work of art. We need him in order to create our stories and he needs us in order to live his stories. But there's a kind of symbiosis that you that is based on the individual. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if you're buying this or not. No, I yeah, am. No, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's
0: poetic, what yeah. you're saying. Odysseus will visit shameful destruction on these men. I love that. Shameful destruction. Isn't that beautiful? Destruction.
1: So wine blue sea you'll tolerate because shameful destruction. You know, it's, it's, the thing about translation is sometimes there's hits and sometimes there's misses. Exactly,
0: yeah, yeah. Poseidon, he definitely gives him a hard time. Yeah. But he can't kill him. Is that right?
1: Because he's fated to live.
0: And that's the question. Is So how does... the If a a god's this powerful and yet a god can't work against fate. Yes. So where does fate come from?
1: Fate appears to be stronger than the gods. The three sisters who spin the fates. Because there's a moment in the Aeneid where Zeus is trying to reconcile Juno to the fact that there's nothing she can do to kill Aeneas. And he says, look my son Sarpedon, my son in Troy was fated to die, and I'm Zeus, and there was nothing I could do. Right, right, yeah. 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 So this is, this, the whole um, question of free will versus fate is something that haunts critics of these books. Yeah, I but, tend to think that there, there, there's, there's a kind of symbiotic relationship because yeah, you may be fated to die, but if you behave badly, the odds of you dying are pretty strong anyway. Like, that's
0: the thing is, uh, yeah. can you if you live virtuously, are you not yeah. going to die? Or, yeah.
1: or is, if Odysseus wasn't so clever um, or didn't control himself at the end, mm. would he still manage to triumph over the suitors? Or is yeah. it just, he's the kind of, you know, it, it, what is the relationship between the fate and the free will, yeah. between fate and free will that I think is uh, very interesting, very profound. Double determination, some critics call it. That you have your choices you make, but you're also fated.
0: so. This is so Macbeth, isn't it? It's yeah. Really... You know,
1: if 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 it were nothing but fate, how interesting would these books be? Mm-hmm. It's like why even bother to read? <laughs> so there That's has right. to be an element of yeah. doubt of, of yeah. uh,
0: free will. Yeah. Suffering and man's uh, and we're winding down here. Yeah. Just, Sorry. just okay. Sorry. Man is is fated to. Uh, to suffer, a man of many sorrows, is what Odysseus is.
1: And a man of many turnings also, mm-hmm. resourceful. Um, maybe many turnings and many sorrows are connected, that in order to live a full life, you have to be willing to suffer.
0: Mm-hmm. But why, why can't you have a nice, full life without suffering?
1: Because then it's not full
0: well you, you, you haven't experienced everything uh, you
1: haven't experienced everything you haven't opened yourself to everything if you live mm-hmm. a kind of quiet forgettable life yeah. which seems antithetical to who Odysseus is mm. um, you may have a quiet life but you certainly don't have a full life yeah and, and also
0: if you' if you've experienced the lowest lows then you really can appreciate yeah. the, uh, yeah, yeah, the opposite
1: yeah, yeah yeah you know it's like opening yourself to love that as mm. human beings, if you love someone you're going to either you will die or that person will die. Mm. You know, there's going to be loss. You know, yeah. every time I take in a new cat, I have to say, you know, <laughs> it's, I hope it's going to be tragedy. You, be tragedy. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. better. The, the, the other thing is, is for, as far as the Greeks were concerned, all they had was this life, you know, death, there was no heaven. There was no kind of something to look forward to. It was just monotonous, mm terrible as achilles said i'd rather be a slave than dead um, so you had to make the most of what you had and hope that you would be remembered
0: yeah
1: and there was no sort of transcendent bliss you know you know working toward yeah yeah you know by the time virgil is writing he's you know there there's there's uh, a happier place in hades where good people could go but homer hasn't there's nothing like that for the greeks so you make the most of what you have Many-turning Odysseus, which I think, again, uh, ties back to the theme of individuality, that we delight in his uh, tell-me-muse of the man of many ways. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, It's a lot of crying
1: life uh, is sad
0: but there's a lot of crying in, yeah. in the air and the men cry their eyes out and it's, no, it's not a problem they do it, they're they not do. thought of being as, as being effeminate
1: isn't that great that you can show yeah. your emotions and not have this sort of cultural stereotype of holding it in mm-hmm. uh, and it's and perfectly see, fine leak. it's yeah. not weak. Yeah, yeah yeah, and, and, and these men were not weak but they were able to feel mm-hmm. uh, openly uh, which tells that's another reason for reading these books is you get to look at our culture in a kind of mirror, you know, and think, how come? Why is there this prohibition on crying that men have to experience now when warriors at that time were able to feel that it was just fine?
0: Yeah. It's, it's not striking, but certainly it's, you, you know, you pay attention to that. because. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, yeah yeah it's it's, it's so um, you know again if, yeah. if you were watching a Clint Eastwood movie you wouldn't have Clint like, <laughs> you know suddenly his eyes out. No. right that you know you have to go kill this person and he would spend a few minutes tearing his hair out and crying you know but there it was perfectly fine
0: I don't know how it's they talk about sleep a lot and the refreshing yes. sleep and it's God that grants yes the sleep they always talk about the fact that it's that God's allowed me to sleep, because, yeah. I guess because it's such a wonderful escape yeah. and yeah. refreshment.
1: Yeah, which you know, to, I, in my mind I think they probably had a problem with insomnia just like we did, so they <laughs> thought it was like... But it's a sleep, gift. Yeah. sleep also can represent the unconscious because for me it's very interesting that at moments where Odysseus should be on top of things, like when his men are killing the uh, oxen of the uh, sun, he's sleeping, Right. The gods send him, put him to sleep. And is that because they're fated to do this? Or is that because. I don't know. I don't know. But I, those moments where he falls asleep, I find very interesting.
0: Mm. You wanted uh, to talk about Circe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, partially because I've just finished. There, there's a, a classicist named Madeline Miller who's taking ancient Greek stories and turning them into wonderful novels. And she just came out with a book on Circe, which sort of presents. It's told from Circe's point of view as opposed to Odysseus's point of view. Which right. uh, um, one of the things I do as I read these books is I often try to put myself in, you know, if Penelope were telling this story, what how would she tell it? Well Margaret Atwood
0: did uh, one of those.
1: Ovid did it. he He wrote a book, you know, Brysis and uh, but anyway, back to Circe. Um, Circe in both, this book and in the Aeneid is interesting because she turns men into beasts. sort of brings out their worst characteristics. pigs. pigs. So they've um, gone
0: to gone to another island, right?
1: Yes, they're on yeah. her island and she gives Odysseus's men a potion and they're reduced to animals even though they have you know presumably still their minds. Um, and in the Aeneid, he, Aeneas sort of sails around her islands, but he could hear the sounds of men who have been turned into wolves or pigs or whatever. Mm. Um, and there's lots of references to Circe in uh, certain chapters of the Aeneid. Um, so her linking of sexuality with bestiality and her power as a woman, as a female, a sorceress. Um, and you all, again, it's, it's another of these moments where Odysseus lands on her, her island and he stays with her for a year, and it's finally his men who says, "Hey, it's time to move on. We, mm-hmm. we have to go." So you know, she's just an interesting character.
0: Does he's gonna slay her as well, and she no, falls no, no, for him? No, She
1: lets him go. She lets you know.
0: He basically convinces her to turn him back into men. He's
1: told by the god Hermes. He's given this little um, herb called Molly which Leopold Bloom, uh, you know, it's Joyce later names Molly of Leopold Bloom. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's through Molly that he is able to keep her from having power over him.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But they kind of fall for each other afterwards. They're having such a good time, I mean, that he loses a year with her. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But then when he says, okay, I have to go... She explains to him, here's how you get to Hades. Here's what you have to do. Don't do this, do do that. So, why, um, why, does
0: he go to, why does he have to go to Hades?
1: Oh, I think for a lot, number of different reasons. Hades is the center of the book. And Hades gives him the, the motivation he really needs in order to get back to Ithaca. Because that's where he learns about the suitors. That's where he learns about... Um, his mother is dead, but his father is, you know, sort of hanging on. Uh, so it gives
0: him a sense of urgency to get backwards. Exactly. Before he was kind of farting yeah. around, having a good time. I
1: jo- you know, he's like a great procrastinator. Yes. Also. Yeah, yeah, it gives him the urgency to get, get, go back.
0: Okay. Uh, what's an epic simile?
1: An epic simile, all of those sections where um, Odysseus or someone else is compared to, say, a scene in nature... And the the comparison will go on for a number of lines, and initially, when you think, you know, here he is approaching Nausicaa, and he's being compared to a lion, and yet he has to be so careful when he approaches her. What's this doing here? Epic similes are ways in which you receive a different perspective on a scene or a character, and a more profound insight into what that scene or character is all about. Which is why I always urge students to close read the epic similes. And you see them in the Odyssey, you see them in the Aeneid, you see them in Ovid, you see them in Dante. Every time you come across this is like, and then there's a long, or this is as, and then there's a long. Can you it's give us a,
0: just one example?
1: When Odysseus and Penelope are having a conversation with one another, and you don't know if they, I mean, clearly Odysseus knows who Penelope mm. is, but he can't tell her. We don't know what Penelope is experiencing, but we're told that she responds like snow melting on a cliff um, uh, with the west wind and the south wind coming into play. And with that, she never comes out and says, oh, Odysseus, she just weeps. But there's something about the suggestion of snow melting after a very hard frozen ice winter that things are starting to shift and she's being able to feel again. Renewal
0: um, the renewal of Yeah, the life. renewal.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm. But his epic simile in the same passage is um, he feels pity for her, but his eyes are hard like horn or ivory. He can't show his feelings. He can't weep at and that And why can't point. he do that with her? If he wept, wouldn't that reveal that he's Odysseus?
0: Oh, because he actually cared and she would see... Oh, he really... He-
1: no, because because the he, whole plan has to do. I mean, if she, as far as he's concerned, if she immediately finds out who he is, and remember, he warns the nurse, "Don't betray that's me." That's right. Because the
0: nurse sees his scar. Yeah,
1: exactly. And realizes he's, it's him. he's suspicious of everyone, just as she's suspicious of him. And from his, you know, he thinks, "Well, what if she embraces me, and then the suitors find out I'm back and I'm dead?"
0: Because I can't plan this. Yeah, I, you know, I
1: have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so she, you know, I. I can't tell her because I I can't be certain of her response. Mm. She has to think I'm just a beggar. Yeah, uh, like the, everyone else does, yeah. But the simile they use, his eyes are like horn or ivory. A little after that, and this is another enigmatic passage, she describes a dream where um, geese are killed by an eagle. And mm. Odysseus mm. says, well, that's just a prophecy that Odysseus is coming home soon. And she says, well, you know, there are two gates for dreams. One is the gate of ivory for false dreams, and one is the gate of horn for true dreams. And this is a false dream. Uh, it's, it's it's there's just a kind of play that's going on. But back to Odysseus's simile. His unlike Penelope, who's a lot you know, who's described as melting. His eyes are hard like horn or iron. He has to keep himself under control. He can't show his feelings. Okay, so um, to keep an iron grip and, on. And I, and I think, you know, the, the sort of juxtaposition of the two similes is to give you insight into what the two characters are feeling as they, they talk to one another. So that's a very beautiful, I think, example of an epic simile. And there are so many others.
0: One more observation, and that is I, yes. I love how. Different characters are all kind of either bloodied up or dirty or whatever, yes, and they go. Yes. They have a bath. The maids can clean them up. They oil them up with olive oil, and right. they come out of it, and yeah. they they look like a god. I just I just yeah, love that I little.
1: I know, I know, I know. Which one might suggest how people? I'm sure bat, bathing like that wasn't a daily occurrence. So you probably did feel you know as close as you ever came to being godlike at that time. But it's also interesting when. Odysseus meets Nausicaa, and she says, "You know, let me have my maidens bathe you." And he says, "No." <laughs> you know, Why does says, he say me. no? It's not appropriate for young girls to bathe. You know, ugly okay. old, you know, old Odysseus. But even more telling, when Penelope uh, wants as as a guest, she says, "Let us give you a bath." And he says, "No, don't let the maids bathe me. Only the old serving woman That's who was my nurse she can bathe me." even baths could be read in a number of different ways here is giving you information. It's such a powerful, such an intricate, such a subtle work, even though it's oral mm-hmm. you know, even mm-hmm. though, you know, this comes from the eighth century BC when someone wrote down all these stories.
0: Why is it important again?
1: It is a foundation story for so many aspects of Western culture that to this day, you're able to go to a Quentin Tarantino movie and see elements of Odysseus mm. in it. or by, you know,
0: So it helps you understand, yeah, I guess, yeah, is yeah, what yeah, they're yeah,
1: saying. Yeah, where um, you read it and you have a deeper appreciation for the times we live in today, I think.
0: And boy, lots going on right There's now.
1: There's lots going on right now.
0: Thanks very much for your time.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. Wonderful interviewer.
0: I've been speaking to... Catherine Stripe, who's an associate professor in the Liberal Arts College at Concordia University in Montreal, Quebec. Thanks again.
1: Thank you.